Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening, everyone. And with us on the line, yet again, is Florida Senator Phil Jakes. Sorry, sir. What? The lyrics are backwards. <laughs> oh. I thought it was Spanish at first in honor of Amigo. No, no, we're not doing that. The lyrics are backwards, but the song is forward. Like, each verse is said backwards. It would be better if he's reciting the actual words backwards. <laughs> Good grief. So terrible. All right, rating from Phil. Out of 10. 4.7. Man, you gave the last one much lower marks than this one. <laughs> if, he, if it's low, that means he hates it, so it's funny. This was, this was oh, at okay. least entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any clue how we keep coming up with these. I don't know. I wish this, we had started a rating system. You, the YouTube alg- algorithm is getting much better uh, on a scary note. Oh. So. Yeah, my YouTube will never be the same. The searches are just going to keep giving me all this weird... All right, anyway... We usually start every episode off with personal updates. Now, I will go first because Yay. I am racing this week. We are racing at Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park, Thompson, Connecticut. We're going to have some open modified 75-lap race that highlights the event, but we're going to be here. I think open, pit gates open at 2, practice at 4, heats at 6. If you're going to come out and watch, uh expect the same ticket prices pretty much anywhere else around here so um is that speed 51 i believe yes it is it is on speed 51 for pay-per-view i don't believe it's available pay-per-view for for what pay-per-view buy the full full price ticket and get half the experience so i have to pay speed 51 again yes god i hate that you pay to subscribe then you have to pay to watch what they have yeah not Flow like Flow Racing, where you just pay a little bit extra and get anything it's you like want. It's like paying a cover charge and paying a ticket. Right. That's lame. You're paying a fee on your ticket. I don't even get to see boobies. It's like a $15 <laughs> ticket and a $10 charge for I, service. I entirely stopped subscribing to Speed 51 because they're such a scam at this point. Sorry to anyone that we know that works for Speed 51, but the pricing is ridiculous. Right. For one camera shoot with no replay. Like, well, and he, here's my biggest thing too. You're paying full price of the the face value of a grandstand ticket for the event, which for flow racing I wouldn't mind because you get multiple views, like Jesse said, replays, all that stuff. It's also dependent upon the track and how their equipment is. Right, Stafford but you also has don't equipment. You don't get the experience of being there, the sounds, the smells. It's not the same. I'll pay seventy five percent of a full face value ticket. No problem with that. But I have a not hundred di- percent. I have a different issue. You pay a specific amount for flow racing, right? And you yep. get 
minimum a full season at Stafford if you're from Connecticut and that's all you're interested in. But obviously you get a whole bunch more, right? So that's like 150 bucks, right? Yes. How much is it to subscribe to Speed 51? $9.99 a month. $10 a month or yep. 100 bucks a year, yep. something like that. So you're paying that. And then you are spending the face value of a ticket on the pay-per-view. And if you watch all six races from Thompson, it's more than a flow subscription for six races. And you have to subscribe for at least one month in order to pay for a pay-per-view. Because you're going to pay speed the 51, You don't even know if the connection is going to be stable. Half the time. It's almost it's, as bad as Jesse's internet. Right? Almost. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. Dude, so, it's pretty good. Again, the it's just kind of... stops running on the wheel once in a while. Yeah, but... They don't know. even have, like, a rundown of the leaders and lap times. Like, Half the time. There's no, nothing on the bar or whatever. No. Sometimes upper. there is. Sometimes there's not. It depends. <sighs> Only if they're a premier division or something. It's sometimes... Yeah, it's a little hit or miss, but... Again, it, it is. Know, the other thing about uh, flow racing that a lot of people don't even think about, think about all the other sports that you get with it. There's tons of stuff with flow. Yeah, there's so many other different Flow sports. sports is a bigger network. Yeah, that's, there's a whole bunch of different sports as well. Right, like there's like other stuff. the hockey from Czechoslovakia on there. Uh, hey, people might like yeah. that stuff. There's curling on there. You can watch Yager play. Bowling. They had <laughs> basketball and stuff too. I've seen all sorts of different sports on there. Yeah, football, basketball, arena football. I think was on there. There's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a big sports network, but it's really. I don't watch for... it because race car is life. I'm guaranteeing that right. most of their subscriber base is all racing, so um, they do make a lot on that. Yeah, but... yeah, the only thing I watch is like racing, old racing, vintage racing, and Impractical Jokers. That's about <laughs> it. It's like his only thing he watches. That's yeah. it. That's the only thing. And I'm... Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers is awesome. I watch yes. some stuff, but Love meh, I don't. I don't really watch a lot of TV unless I have it on in the shop. Um. So yeah, we're and gonna. Then it's racing. Then it's yeah, racing. And then it's usually racing. Yeah, cars. Well, unless it's winter time, then I gotta find something to put on. It's usually YouTube or Motor Trend on Demand. Anyway, it's racing. Which sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it's got cars in it. And um. So yeah. Anyway, we'll be there on uh, Wednesday, a couple days from now, as of recording. Uh. Hopefully. We'll have something figured out with my car. Hopefully, it's at least different. Because if it does the same thing, I'm just going to throw the thing away. I swear to God. I'll take it. <laughs> Come get it. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got for an update. Uh, Jesse, anything you got? Same as always? Gotcha. Yeah. Same thing. Same <laughs> shit, different day. It almost like... It's it, it. Where's my where's my fail horns? Fail horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Sounds similar to that. Truck horn. Anyway, uh, Phil, I know you've been working on your car. You set your uh, uh, yes. carbon monoxide detectors off. <laughs> yeah, I fired the car up for the first time, God, since May today, and let it run for a while, get up to temperature, make sure there's no leaks or anything wrong. And it started raining, so I shut the car off and closed the garage door and went inside. And about 30, 40 minutes later, the carbon monoxide detectors start going off. In the Why house. do you have a carbon monoxide detector? It should yeah, be where stuff. Even have heaters in that. Carbon monoxide detector <laughs> should be like where you wouldn't normally find carbon monoxide. Like well, in a garage, it it's up, like it should be there. It comes you know? up from the ground. 
you know you i'm also that? on top i'm yes there's ground below me it's not just holes that fall into the earth really we're on top of an aquifer don't ask okay, me so to explain water. what that is, but all of Florida is an aquifer. <laughs> it's just those, actually it's, it's not. Mostly North Florida is the aquifer. You ever go to like one of those places near the shoreline where it's like that real thin layer of like sod and then it's all water underneath. It's like a waterbed. That's all of Florida. No. It's not that bad. <laughs> you take a South, walk and you just see a ripple go through your yard. South yeah. Florida becomes a marsh. I thought it was all a marsh. But no, I, I got the car fired up, adjusted a couple things on the carburetor, found a spark plug wire that was off, which would explain why I was having a miss coming up off the corner. Another issue I didn't know I had. Yep, that'll do but, it. Yeah, that, that'll definitely do it. Yeah. At least at least it was easy to fix. True. Um, feel nice it, and flat. No, it actually still pulled really, really strong. It just had a stumble going back to the gas. Um, but we're going to take the car out Friday and practice it. And then if everything goes well next Saturday, we'll race. Hmm. Built in traction control device disabled. Except definitely need it with these garbage ass American racers. They make us run on. Can't be that bad. Dude. They're (laughs) terrible. Really? They have grip for 25 laps and then it's like a light switch. They're done. Hmm. It's like once you let them cool off, they'll, they'll repeat a few times, but you get them hot, and it's a nine-inch slick too. They're just greasy gumballs. So they're just like every Hoosier tire. Then, cool. Much. Moving on to I got to mention this before we do the Darf comment of the week. I do want to mention. Oh yeah, uh, there was a. Uh, well, I'll just. I was going to say something else, but forget it. it we we were going to mention the passing of Tom Scully Senior. Okay. Um, I really wish I could have got some of his statistics before the show. I was digging for some, but I didn't catch any. Um, but I know that he was a fixture around Seekonk Speedway. And his son, Tom Jr., is a, I believe, a pro stock champion at least once. Um, still racing pro stocks. And they had a little bit of a, a ceremony to remember Tom Sr.'s passing at Seekonk this weekend for the opening ceremonies where Tom Jr. put a big duct tape number three on the side of his car and because that was senior's number and yep. they had a big three balloon behind him and they uh drove him around the racetrack holding the checkered flag it was a i guess it was a pretty emotional experience um there was some great pictures that came from it i'm not gonna i was gonna use one for my uh instagram post for this episode but i figured i wouldn't uh i found one of his car i'll probably end up using for that post but uh i guess he'd just kind of died. I forgot what happened, but I don't think that really matters. I heard he died in his sleep. I don't know. That might have been the uh, Racing with Jesus minister who we should n- uh, also mention. Um, Scotty, I believe, was his name. I'm sorry. Scott Frazier. Scott Frazier. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was a flagman at Star Speedway, I want to say, as well as a pastor for yeah. the uh, Racing with Jesus ministries. Yeah, and, I believe Scotty Frazier used to come from Maine every week to come down to Star. So that's. But I, I just know that um, they both were very sudden passings. I'm fairly certain. So that's just sad all around to hear those two guys gone. So yeah, I, I grew up going to Seacock, so that name definitely is one that's part of my childhood. So that's a that's a sad loss. Yeah, he was around about the time you were there. So yeah, I think he left a few years ago uh, the, from driving at least. So, yeah, definite thoughts, condolences out to both of those families because they were definite uh, fixtures in the short track racing scene around here. 
So, we will then move it on. We'll brighten our we'll brighten our moods up a little bit here. Let's bring it up a little bit back to our normal second segment of the show. That would be this week's Darf comment of the week. Sorry to preface this with sadness, but we got to bring it back up somehow. So, brace yourselves for the Darf comment of the week. We had some trouble this week trying right, to find one. I think you hit one. the post on that. I kind of did. <laughs> the end post, yeah. I tried my best. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so we had trouble this week trying to find something that wasn't low-hanging fruit. Because we have said before, no, there are certain things we're not going to comment Bubba blew on. it up. Yeah, because, oh, Bubba <laughs> Wallace blew up. That's too easy. We're not even going to go near that one. No, I mean I just find it weird that Toyota blows up. You know, usually they're pretty. Real, they have the best warranty in class. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> what about their race cars? Do they have warranties? <laughs> That'd be a lot thing, cooler for them if it is. That thing blew up so bad. They were showing a slow motion shot, and it showed oh, it, it showed the pipes. it showed milkshake out the it's, pipes, it, pouring out the pipes. Their cylinder wall damage for I'm sure. I'm like, ooh, ooh, that thing blew up bad. That one is not savable. No. Um. But yeah, again, we don't want to pick the low-hanging fruit. It's kind of like how I did away with the rant. You know what I mean? It's or at least the political interest in the rant. But I, you know, we got to streamline the show somehow. We got to make it a little more highbrow than what it currently is, which is kind of down here. Why? Who cares with what communists it, think? Never gonna be people. Yeah, we'll never be highbrow. Who are we kidding? So communists aren't people. Who cares? <laughs> we already know that. We can't beat their heads in that that much. You know, people. They should know this already. Um, so we should go into something a little bit different. We haven't kind of touched this area. And this this is a t- response to a tweet that was posted by somebody called Moonhead. Now, if nobody knows who Moonhead is, they're not very big into the sim racing scene. Now, there's this iRacing league called Mooncar. And it is hilarious. If you're on YouTube and you're watching us right now at youtube.com slash sidsview, go on over after this video is done and go search for Mooncar highlights. And this guy, I don't really know his actual name, Moonhead, but he is the commentator for his, I believe he even runs the series, but he does the commentary, live commentary, because they stream it. And it's... I believe his name is Travis, actually. It could be. I don't remember exactly, but it doesn't matter. He's got an online persona, and I stick with it. So, he's one of the best announcers I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he's amazing. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. I never heard him. Oh, my God. Moonhead is hilarious. Dude, his broadcasts are top fucking notch. I mean, uh, I don't usually like to watch a lot of iRacing. Phil's the one who turned me on to, uh, what is it, Arca Break Weekly? Arca Break Weekly oh, is Arca Break Weekly is epic, too. That's fantastic. That's amazing. <laughs> I love Arca Break Weekly. Moonhead's amazing. Mooncar. Subscribe with notifications for that one. <laughs> yeah, because because it is it's... worth it every time it comes out. That's true. It's, it's amazing. So hey, anyway. Some of our own have even been featured on there. Ooh. Who's that's... that? Uh, well, Brandon Wilkinson was on one of one of the Arca Break Weeklies. Yeah, he used to be uh, on our, one of our leagues. Yeah, I believe Paul Muzel was on one of them. I don't remember if I, Paul ever joined us. I remember seeing Refrano on. I believe it was Refrano on one of them. I would tank not, my not, I rating. Not getting in trouble, there. but yeah, I would tank my I rating just to be on there because I don't have <laughs> one. I've, I've, n- no joke, people. I have to admit this. I've been on the I Racing service for. 
over a decade now, I think. Probably over 10 years. Over a decade. I don't, I don't want to admit how long I have. Okay. Now, that's not the sad part. I don't mind being on for a long time because it's great. I love doing it. But if anybody knows anything about iRacing, my iRating is only a... I only have a D license on oval, asphalt oval, and everything else is a rookie. Because default. I, this is a default iRating. Because I don't race... Their normal stuff. I only race on leagues. You don't want to race with strangers. <laughs> I have. And I, I, I have, and they all pissed me off so bad I wrecked them, and I just keep losing rating. So I'm like, oh, I got to you know, stick to the leagues. That's about all so, I can do. So I was an OG beta tester back in 2008 with iRacing. Beta. The, the quality of driver has actually decreased since back then. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I, I don't doubt it in any way. It is terrible going on the public servers. I re- I refuse. No, I I have all the ability to, and I just choose not to because I'm like I race four races a week now with our league, and if I want to like test, all some, I get on. If I want to test something, I just go to practice and try it out. Like oh, let's try that in the league. Well, if you ever thought about the theory of idiocracy, the you, movie, you, yeah, the movie, you, you would think that you know. We just get dumber as time goes on. It's not a concept I want to think about. It's probably true if you if That's you go on high racing long it. enough for for ten plus years, it just gets dumber and dumber and dumber. Then everyone's baiting with Gatorade. Oh, it Brondo. Makes plants, with Brondo, it Brondo. Makes, yeah. makes plants grow. It's to be to... fair, we've always had some decent <laughs> groups of uh, races with our leagues, but well, with the leagues, yeah, but not with. Everything else is a bunch of window lickers. I yeah. just made a Brondo reference with the wife the other day. I said, nobody's drinking Brondo. I like ran into the living room screaming Did it. Did you get it from Costco? Welcome uh, to Costco. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like water from the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're God. Gross. I love that. <laughs> I love that movie because it's frightening. Uh, anyway, so we were talking about Moonhead. Uh, I forgot all about it because he made a commentary video, and it was really funny as well, about the uh, incident, let's just call it. I call it a sideshow, but let's call it an incident that happened at Bowman Gray Stadium. Not even during an actual race. It was during a one of those thrill show events you know, where they, they do some wacky-ass race or something dumb that fans seem to love because they enjoy destruction. I just call them the trailer park trash races. Yeah, that's what they're called. This was really a, all they are. This was a chain race, quote unquote. For those of you from the north and more civilized, you <laughs> apologies. Uh, you would, you might have seen these, but it's where two cars are put together literally by one chain, and one the front car tows the second car around the track or something, and the the objective I is to break the chain or something lead- like that. No, I think the lead car has no brakes or can't use the brakes, and the the trailing car has to be the brakes. Okay, I but think you're right. That's the general idea of it. I don't know. They do it down here. I haven't seen one yet. The boat races are fun, though. Now, I think you're right. I think Yeah, I think that's it. I think the trailing car has brakes, but the lead car doesn't. Yeah. All right, so anyway, it's a team kind of race, but you got to break the it's chain, et cetera, et cetera. Who cares? A way more redneck version of the stacker race. Yeah, it's it's really redneck so anyway there was a video from bowman gray stadium of people apparently getting mad at each other during this race and someone ended up getting suplexed or 
or body slammed or something on top of a car and a fight Pile broke driver. out. Pile driver. There you go. And big fight ensues. Somebody threw a helmet, hit somebody in the head. That was pretty funny. Um, the same guy hurt his foot kicking. Kicking someone or something. He probably kicked his own helmet. Right. So Moonhead puts out a commentary video on this, and it's funny. And I didn't even watch this incident happen when it was viral and people were posting videos of it. I watched it when Moonhead did it and Phil sent it to me. And I'm like, oh, this makes a lot more sense to me. So there's a YouTube comment on Moonhead's channel posted by somebody called Ryan Yu, and it has a picture of his cat on it. So you know this is going to be good. Jess, you're going to love this. All right, here we go. The, the quote here is, The fact you have a childish excitement about this kind of violence is disturbing. What if someone had gotten killed or permanently injured? You okay with that? <laughs> I love cartoon sounds. Sorry, I'm just a child. Um... Moonhead replied to him with the best reply that you can come up with. And your parents have any children that live? Wasn't that one? Was Wasn't it? that one? He said, thanks for watching. Which is the Wipe best? Wipe that stupid looking grin off your face or I will get... <laughs> nope. <laughs> you couldn't go through with that one, huh? Oh, well, whatever. I love Sergeant Hartman. Uh, anyway, I love these kinds of comments. I genuinely do, because it's such an elitist comment. It's like, oh, this is disturbing. What about this uh, horrible thing? And it's just... Let me look down my nose beneath my feet as top of my ivory tower. Right. Let me look down upon you with disdain. It's like, shut up. You watched the video. You'd know better than anybody else. Phil, we need some thoughts here. Help. (laughs) Shaking head, looking... Nothing. All right, cool. Nothing. So, <laughs> no, but again, you can you can feel the cringe build in your body as you listen, as you read these comments like this, and it's like, oh god, shut up. People so shut up. So anyway, Ryan, you uh, shut up. Sit in your corner. No one thinks you're better than them. You're just an asshole. Have you ever gone through the rest of the comments on Moonhead, Moonhead's page too? I have not. I haven't had a chance to. I it, actually am on his tweet right now. There's some stupid ass people that comment on his stuff. Oh well, yeah. There's stupid people that comment on everything. <gasps> Let's see. It says uh, this guy what said I dark. died in eye racing. <laughs> uh, I'm reading through the comments and it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. No one cares. Like, no one gives a shit about what this guy says. Wait a minute. That, Did you say that, no one cares? that entire fucking racetrack as a whole, though, just needs to go away. I don't care how much history there is or it just needs blow the place up and get rid of it or it needs to be run properly and not allow the clowns well, to run the circus just i think at, i think at this point you're gonna get the shit crowd regardless so yeah it's a lost cause it's like it's like hate watching so jesse yes i did say i didn't care i don't yeah, care i don't care my jokes don't go over i don't care everybody i don't care r.i.p kevin meany <laughs> he was a great comedian People didn't get him a lot, but he did that stuff on purpose. You know, it was genius. Nobody else was doing that. 
Anyway, Ryan, you, you've won our Darf comment of the week. Now shut up. No one gives a shit about your morality. My jokes don't go over. I don't care. Everybody! I really kind of hoped that they got hurt because then it would really decrease their chances of polluting the gene pool. So I was, I was kind of hoping they'd just all get run over. Speaking of stupid comments, did you all listen to the Jeremy Mayfield interview on the Dale Jr. podcast? Uh, no, because I already heard his interview on, on Dinner, Dinner with, with Racers. Racers. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it was the same thing. So basically... Was it the same exact interview? It was a, it, yeah, you might as well cut and paste the thing. <laughs> you see? You see what I mean? And, and whether or not... No offense to Dale was, Jr., though. No offense to Dale. I never heard his crime in sports one. But I did. And oh boy, that is required listening if you're going to listen to this bullshit. Because was I don't... He, was he actually on the crime in sports interview? No, but... It's the third person, though. It's it is they... done third person. Yeah, it's done by two comedians... They know nothing about racing, and they don't care to know anything about racing. They're complete assholes when it comes to racing. They, they, but, they're about sports ball. Yeah, they're about basketball and sports ball stuff, but they wrestling. do include re- yeah wrestling a lot, but that's fun. Um, it's fun to include because they're just wild stories. They, yeah. do, they do all sorts of sports uh, people or um, athletes or whatever right. yeah. in that show, and they did a Mayfield episode, and they got all of the – like media uh, responses to all the things that happened around his life, all those stories. They got the court documents. They got everything. You know, it's all public knowledge. And it's like you listen to this Mayfield interview, and he leaves out a whole lot that makes himself look a lot better. (laughs) Because he doesn't talk about the time he accused his stepmother of murdering his father uh, and taking her to court. I remember that. Um, he doesn't talk about... he's He twists a lot of the stuff that's in the court documents as fact, and he twists it to make himself look really good. Like, he says, oh, this random guy was hanging around my my recycling business, right? And then the feds raided my place. Well, that guy had been around his place for a long time. Like, And he's, he even testified to saying that he saw Mayfield doing meth like 500 different times. Oh, I thought it would be countless. cocaine. Those Kentucky boys like their cocaine. Oh, it's well, meth. It, yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Like, and that guy was an informant for the feds. He left that part out, too. Oops. That's funny. And he left out how much stolen shit we actually found on his property. Like, he said, oh, it was a piece of sheet metal. It's like, dude, there was equipment from race teams that you fucking stole. It's in the court documents, dude. Like, yeah, like, I don't think Jeremy is 100% innocent. I don't think he's 50% innocent. I don't think he's, like, 25% innocent. I think he's a 100% lot of the guilty. NASCAR, a lot of the NASCAR bullshit, I think was just a vendetta for some reason. I don't think it at all. Uh, It's not the first time that NASCAR has pulled that kind of thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Look at Tim Richmond. Exactly. They did this shit to Tim Richmond. (laughs) I think they had something on him, or or he had something on them, and they wanted to prove that they're bigger (laughs) than him. And I don't know. Abraham's wife. Did he he do drugs? Yes. Did he steal shit? Yes. Should he have been kicked out of NASCAR? Yes. Was he entirely guilty? Fuck no. There's no, he, a lot of shit that he was not guilty of that they right. kept pinning it he, for. Yeah, Ray Everham was uh, his crew chief, and he and he was uh, having an affair with Aaron Crocker. That's why. 
Well, yeah, he also talked about that, but why. you know, I don't blame him, and but I do at the same time, and it's like, okay, well, you stepped on your own dick there. You know, well, you, let's, you, let's you, also gotta, not pretend that Ray Everham is a perfect little angel either. We never said mm. that. We said he was having an affair on his wife. I know, but a lot of people <laughs> wanted to paint him that way for a long time. Oh, God, he's, no. He's a piece of shit behind the scenes from a lot of people that I've talked to, including a couple of people I know that have worked for SRX. So, I mean, yeah. for those of you listening to this Dale Jr. show and you've never heard the Dinner with Racers show before this obviously the crime and sports one obviously it's the same thing you need to go listen to the crime and sports one because they actually have court documentation and media reports that are not sent out by nascar yeah they they do their homework with that kind of thing so before you form an opinion that nascar was every reason behind mayfield's downfall and that everything fell down around him in perfect domino fashion and everything spiraled out of control that wasn't his doing and that he didn't get charged with shit. It's like, oh, he did. He took a plea deal so that he wouldn't get all those what's, thefts on his account what's and that the, he wouldn't get all cliche? those drugs on his account either. What's the old cliche? There's their version, there's his version, and then there's the and truth. And the truth. Isn't right. that, that that cliche metaphor? And he's got yep. his yeah. version, let's be fair. Yeah. Some of the NASCAR stuff mm, with Brian France, maybe it's true. Not going to oh, yeah. discount it, but the fact that you twisted the yeah. actual truth into your favor so heavily when you are clearly guilty of all these things. Let's be honest. He completely badmouths the NASCAR drug testing program, but like he was the only guy who got really killed by it. He was the only one. What about Shane Meal? Shane Meal. Yeah, I was, I was well, going to say, Shane Meal had trouble right around the he same. He was doing drugs, though, but he also admitted that. Yeah. Right. Shane admitted but- it. He also had a couple of false tests. They, right. There was some false positives in there. There was a bunch of mix-ups with it. And but there I were agree also it actual probably positive wasn't, tests. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so. the most well-thought-out process the way they, they initially put it. I mean, even Dale Jr. said the same thing. Well, it here's the thing. not done correctly. Okay, so we brought up two names so far who have had problems with the test, but they both... Three names. We'd have Tim Richmond, too. Well, yeah, but he didn't have actual drug testing program. He he was technically wasn't that know. a doctor's thing that they no they said they they or had, NASCAR they like had do benched him for having too much cold medicine or whatever it was because he was effing dying of AIDS, of AIDS yeah so because he had double pneumonia so yeah that that's three people or NASCAR was just really kind of ignorant to the whole testing process and just like kind of screwed him by airing too cautiously AIDS. Ages for guys. It, That's here's what something else, though. I know uh, it wasn't in the same point in time, but I believe it was under the same doctor's direction. The whole deal with AJ Elmendinger. Well, he took the pill. Yeah, he also did it too. <laughs> he took the pill. Yeah, he also did that. By the way, <laughs> he did. Yeah, that's why he lost the Penske ride. He he took it. Would, well, that was, was for it, for IndyCar, though, wasn't it? Was it ever he confirmed that he was ride. doing yeah. something illegal, or because I thought it had to do with him? taking medicine for ADHD and some other thing. Yeah, that's what Mayfield said, too. He said he was on what What did he say he was on? I forgot. It was Adderall, Adderall. Adderall and something else. Yeah. Oh, Claritin or something like that. Some allergy meds. Claritin. And he thinks that that's going to come together and turn into methamphetamines. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Well, Claritin is an amphetamine, but it's obviously not meth. It's not a methamphetamine. You can't no, make but- meth with Claritin. I don't know how the chemicals 
work together. They don't. None of, none of us are doctors. <laughs> they so. don't. Well, I hear Chemically, you, they don't. I hear you meth. melt down a bunch of Robitussin and Claritin into a saucepan, and then until it Put turns into chips, in it. and then you mix in a little bit of blur. And then heat that up to whatever it is. Then your kitchen explodes, and then you burn your house to the ground. Right. And that's how you make meth, children. Oh, there's all sorts of things, but it's not Claritin or whatever the hell he was on, Adderall. I, I just don't think NASCAR should ever do in-house testing. It should be outsourced. Correct. If they're going to do testing, bring an outside, outside company in to complete it. Don't have someone... Because that's the Dr. Black or whatever his name was. He was from NASCAR. He was with NASCAR. He Again, would do whatever the hell they told him to do. Yeah, that's like getting and injured at work. That. Yeah, that's like getting injured at work and going to that work's comp doctor that's just yeah. going to deny your claim. Forget that's that. the biggest thing that ever even makes me question any of it. If that guy wasn't part of it, I would never question a damn thing. But yeah. there's really no need to question because we've just mentioned three names and they're the only ones who've actually failed for actual drugs. I get that, but NASCAR's <laughs> reputation, number one, that's the same doctor that, that uh, was with Shane Meal when the falses, false positives came through with that. But NASCAR has this thing with Brian France when Brian France was in there of all kinds of bullshit and lies. So, Yeah, they did their own, uh, uh, what is it, alcohol drug, what is it, uh what is that test, sobriety? Yeah, it's like they, didn't, they should have gave the police a sobriety test. Their own in-house sobriety test when Brian France got pulled over. Regardless, he had multiple drug tests and failed multiple times after yeah. the first test. But right, he, my if, my even, point still remains that I just don't trust internal. Even if I agree like with that. Phil, even if you, yeah, I do too. Obviously, I don't. I don't really want that. I wouldn't mind a third person. However, again, the only ones who failed were actually doing it. But yes, it does need to be a third party. Let's be fair; it does. Well, no, Tim Richmond failed, and he didn't do it. Well, that was also in the eighties, and they were kind of blackballing him. But again, that was that's a little what bit I mean. Different. That makes the whole thing well, suspect. Was, again, yeah, but that was again twenty plus years beforehand yeah. with different leadership. Who knows what the hell was going on? Yeah, still in the same family. <laughs> and I don't know. I need another doctor to to look at the Mayfield results and see. You know, if they're if they were well, above the legal above the limit, oh that's God. possible I don't need to for, look at for the dying. results of May, Mayfield's tests. I just look at the guy and listen to him talk. Well, here's another thing. He said he had his own separate tests taken and that they were clear, but he never released them. Like he's never yeah. shown people the results. Yeah. So it's like, no, we're, my my lawyer has them. We're going to use them when the time comes. And it's like, bro, the time's over. Yeah, when's the time going to come? You're never going back to You're NASCAR. never going back to NASCAR. You're never going to have a career. You're never going to have anything Which, else now. Why don't you just come clean? Can we talk about that stupid decision? Why doesn't he just like come clean and admit that he fucking did it? Like, well, they he had, there's the so many witnesses. There's so many witnesses that say, yeah, I saw him do it hundreds of yeah. times. And they, they gave him a, the opportunity to even, whether he actually did it or not, they gave him the opportunity to say, hey, I did this. I'm going to go through the road to recovery plan and come back to NASCAR. Why would you throw that away? He just needs to be right. Hubris? Yeah. I don't know. The problem is, is he just has to be right. Yeah. I'm thinking hubris, man. Yeah. He's got you know? that fucking personality where you cannot be wrong. There's no possibility that he can possibly be wrong. Yeah. So he's going to stick to the lie. He's going to stick to the lie forever. Maybe he doesn't want to stop doing meth. I until don't know. he does. Well, meth, I guess, is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Yeah. 
But again, like, <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen the he video? Of, there's a video floating around of him, like blowing things up in his backyard, which is what tweakers do. And I mean, he, they have the video. We've blown up stuff in our backyard too. Yeah, well, we're also honest. rednecks, but whatever. <laughs> um, but this is like complete tweaker shit. Like you, you watch the video and you see him talking, and he is wired, talking really fast, rambling, kind of like moving around really fast. It's like, dude, you look like you're on meth. Like, I always seriously. thought he was on cocaine. It's the same basic thing. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> not really, but I yeah. don't know. But uh, yeah, I don't I use mean, either. I don't know. That's what I was saying. Those Kentucky boys like doing it. Like Daryl Alderman did that from HRA. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it was hey, the 80s, too. So 90s. Everybody's from Kentucky. It wasn't meth. It wasn't cocaine. None of that. It was fucking cow shit. Everybody and did bourbon. coke in the 80s. It didn't matter. So whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just want the guy to. Whatever. To just admit it at this point. I don't want to hear from him anymore. I'm done hearing from him. I know it's fake. I know the. I can look up the court documents myself. I can look up all the other stuff. It's he. He's very, very good at twisting reality to make himself look better when it's not the case. Well, when you've had 20 years to practice it. Yeah, you just don't deviate from your lie, and it becomes the truth eventually in your eyes. Didn't Megadeth write a song about that? Oh Something. no, that was Metallica. I don't remember. Anyway, what they do at Stafford? Just let's move on. By the way, you should mention that Jonathan Davenport won the Eldora Million Dirt Car Race. Oh yeah, dude, I wanted cool. to watch that shoot. I the end. It was a chance to look it, at it. It was a really great end because it came down to the last couple laps, yeah. and him and um, ah oh, shit, I forget his name, but they were chucking sliders at each other the last two laps. Davenport got by him for the white, and then ran the bottom protect line so he couldn't get a slider pulled back underneath him, and he just pulled off and turned the, the back stretch. Yeah. And, he ran his protect line and he won that million dollars. It was a hell of a race all the way to the end. It was really entertaining to watch. So if you got Flow Racing, go Dirt back through the archives money, and check man. that out. A million two thousand and twenty-two dollars went to the winner. One million. Hey, here's a question. Yeah. How come there's no races like that in asphalt? It's a good question. Well, let's be fair. This is only like the second time they've done it on dirt. So <laughs> I forget the first time, but it wasn't recent. No, I know, but you got other big races, the World 100, the Dream, all that stuff. They I ran mean, the they dr- happen. Yeah, they ran the Dream afterwards, and that was like $138,000 to the winner. That's a yeah. huge chunk of money. I mean, that's like, nothing to sneeze at. No, know? that's $138,000 to win. Holy dirt shit. Race. But, like, what's the pinnacle in asphalt super late model racing to you? Snowball? I think it's 25000 to win. Yeah, that's nothing, really. What the fuck? That's really not a lot. Uh, yeah. What is what is the jeez? Uh, what's Oxford? It's got to be about the think, same. I don't think Oxford's. It's tough. They don't ever advertise like their payouts. Fifteen, you know? maybe. I don't know. Oxford's about the same. It's pretty close. I they think. don't advertise hard, their hard payouts. Hard to find. You know? It's close. I'd have to go on the past website see what they got. See if there's anything posted. By the way, you remember Spud Speedway? We were talking about it. No. Yes. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> last, last week, week I think. Well, I came across the tweet from our old buddy Connor Sullivan. Sorry for bad mouth and racing America, Connor. We like your coverage. We do like your Connor, coverage because it's actually you're a cool pretty dude. fantastic. Oxford like 250 is 25 grand. So it's pretty close, or the same. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. poor Connor has to drive to Spud Speedway this Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> he posted his route. Would you like to know from where he lives, which is a little west of Hartford, to Spud Speedway? I'm going to say eight hours and 23 minutes. Which Spud Speedway is where? 
That's a close guess. Jess, what's your guess? Where's this? Where is it again? It is uh, <laughs> north, South Canada, north of Presque Isle, Maine. It is on the border of New Brunswick. Oh yeah, there's a, there, why is it called spudded? There's no potatoes up there. Is Hell there? no! Everything's frozen until August, and then it freezes again. On, it should September. be called frozen bear poop speedway. The track kind of looks like <laughs> a potato from the sky. It does a little bit. Okay, so that's probably about from Hartford. There is probably about a good. Seven and a half hours. I don't know. Phil, what was your guess? Eight hours and 23 minutes. <sighs> Phil is the closest. It's eight hours and 40 minutes, Ooh. 530 nice. miles from Hartford area. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, to Maine, 530 miles. Is it? Uh, it is. A, he could probably get to Bowman Gray in the same amount of time. I. You know what? It's not that far off. I drove to Charlotte. And it was, I think, about 11 hours, 11 and a half hours. God. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, that Sorry, that's a, Connor. Actually, actually, that's about Virginia. He'll be somewhere in Virginia in eight and a half hours. I have a, I have a, a, a bit of a lesson, a lesson of warning for Connor. Mm-hmm. The most dangerous animal in the world is a bull moose in heat. Stay during, the fuck during, away from in, the moose. During mating season. <laughs> Seriously, stay away is from the moose. Is it mating season already? Yes. I think it's oh, near the tail end of mating season. It's, yeah, it's about that, yeah. So if I were him, I would, would stand beside something solid and keep your butthole tight. Yeah, don't go out Jeez. Don't go out in the woods. It's not a good time. <sighs> you could piss over that place to Canada, though. That is so close. Anyway, I just wanted to put that a little side over there. So That is a cool-looking track, though. But yeah, I did miss that race as well, the, the uh, million... Eldora Million there because it ended at 2 a.m. Eastern. Dude, I made it till 11.30 and I called it quits. I was yeah, like, same. screw this. Same. I'm like, you know what? I'll catch the replay. I have flow. Yep. Screw it. So I did, and it was really worth watching. All right, let's move on to Stafford. Let's get a little more local than uh, where Spud. Uh, yeah, Ohio, Ohio and oh. Spud Speedway. <laughs> I got to go there now. Uh, he, he he might actually be able to get to to Eldora quicker than Spud Speedway. It may be. I don't know. I think it's probably twelve to fifteen out to Ohio. I'm not sure. Get yeah, an think, airplane. I think maybe could. fifteen to eighteen. I'm not sure. I'd get a flight, that. man. <laughs> the heck with driving that far? That sucks. Yeah, puddle jump. I don't think there's a. You'd have to fly into Bangor and probably drive another three hours up the Spud. <laughs> Do it. Hell with it. I'm not screw it. I didn't know that. race cars existed that far north. Well, they do in New Brunswick and up in this Canadian area, and so whatever. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm reading a map. So Stafford, let's go through those results. I'm not going to go through them in order. I'm just going to go through them in divisional order. Um, <clears throat> street stocks, they went almost last, but I'm going to do them first. Let's see. Three-car incident started the race off on lap one. I have a question on go that. Go ahead. Aren't, they, aren't you not supposed to pull out? Before the start finish line, supposed to, right? That's what I thought at least. Because I thought the eighty eight pulled out early before the start finish line, but he wasn't called back. Uh, but then again, when they get to those, they get to those supporting races near the end of the night before a big show. Just like get going, hurry up! They're pretty much just like whatever moves the show fastest, and I gotta pee. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's things. something that. Tapley's usually on the radio screaming at that point. So Usually, mm. but when it's, yeah, I think that got overlooked there. 
I believe everybody continued from that. I'm not sure. I couldn't remember if somebody cut a tire or not. I don't even remember who all was involved in that incident. I think it was Waterman, Cody, and uh, Downey, I think. Yeah, something like they that. All, I think Maybe. they may have all continued. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, Nick Covey had a weird incident. Dude, that was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Where he got his nose whacked in on the left front coming out of four. Didn't hit the wall or anything. Uh, but like swerved back and forth a whole bunch and came to a really quick stop right at the flag stand and then had to get pushed off. Yeah, in front of everyone. Like, what happened? Like, what was that? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't ask him. I saw him, but I didn't ask him. I don't know what that was. I told him the Sage's garage. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> just from getting frustrated with a terrible season and just like, all right, I'm stopping everything and. You know, yeah, but there were still cars coming. But there's lo- he lost a lot of track position, you know, from I don't know why he didn't keep going. That was just bizarre. That's very strange. That seems a yeah, little I, bit of self inflicted to me. I thought it broke a tie rod or something, but he kept going. Yeah, he got pushed hard, kept going. That was weird. It was very strange. Anyway, um, the last lap was an utter brawl for all with uh, contact between Jason Finkbein, Ryan Waterman, Tyler Trott, Bert Ouellette. Johnny Walker, Adrian Parody, I'm still going, uh, Marvin Minkler, Bill Cody, and at least David Macha, uh, which provided <laughs> provided action everywhere on the racetrack except for the lead. Yeah, that was also <laughs> kind of... You're supposed to play cricket sounds. <laughs> Am I? I guess so, yeah. Okay. I don't know, but it was... Um, the race for the lead was boring. There was no race. I mean, there was just, I'm like, I sent a text to Phil. I said, now we're street stocking because we got guys oh, three yeah. wide and smashing into each other. That would look like a little bit, that looked like a little bit more frustration. Like Johnny Walker couldn't hold the bottom and people got underneath and he just kind of got frustrated or something. Just kept turning left, you know. Uh, Waterman and Trot got it's into it just, going in and just body slammed the hell out of it and just, hey, just, I mean, then Walker guys were was, left. Walker was wheel hopping. Really, really bad. I could see the back end bouncing up and down a few times. So I don't know. They must still be struggling with the disc brakes. Yeah, the car is too tight. It won't go. It won't go into the center of the corner. It won't go in. Yeah. Put, yeah. put the cheapest nine dollar ninety nine cent pads from Advance Auto Parts that you can in the back of that thing, and put all the front brake to it. Pretty Start much. from there. <laughs> Start there, and then work your way back when you need. That's, it. That's what I had to do. Mine was bouncing off the ground like a basketball going into the point where I had to throttle all the way up to settle it down. And then I did that and fine. Yeah, a lot of people may not know what we're dealing with here, but in the technical term, they give uh, street stocks like this rear disc brakes, which they don't come with factory, and they're a lot more grippy than the standard drum brakes that came factory on those cars. But they also don't have a locked rear. They have an open rear diff. So if you have stronger braking force on those cars with an open rear differential, you will wheel hop almost immediately if you don't get it right. It's and true. it is very, very hairy to drive. Like, it is oh, yeah. not a lot of fun. You don't take your foot all the way out of the throttle when you brake. Yeah, because you can't. You do that, you're done. Yeah, you can't. You will wheel hop. It seems counterintuitive, but you have to. I wouldn't do that in a late model or a modified. No. <laughs> I would Locked yeah, rear makes no. life real easy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. But when it's hopping on entry and you're, you're bottom three, it's sketchy. <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of fun, and it's not easy to bring back either. 
No. You have you have to bring it back with throttle and you then have to throttle out of it. And then you're sideways anyway. So it's like, yeah. oh boy. Yeah, yeah while yeah, hitting the brake. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to slow down. It's a You're it's, trying to slow down and throttle out and try to catch the tail and do all these things. You're a very and busy not race wreck car everybody driver. to the outside of you. Yeah, it's a when pe- when we say that these cars are the most difficult that you'll drive, we mean it. Like, you're you're busy. Guys with late models and modified it's like, huh? You have to do what? I had some non tell me one time, and I think you know who I'm talking about. I guarantee it. That street stocks are easy to drive. No, they are not. I offered to pay to put him in a race car at a street <laughs> stock at freaking Stafford, and he turtled. They are not easy, yeah. especially at Stafford. They're not easy. No. I've no, done Keith, it. I did, I've we did an it. interview with Keith Rocco down at the Speedball for Sidzio. Yeah, you know, I asked him which one was the hardest to drive. He said street stocks by a lot. Oh yeah, you know they were they're hard. Yeah, he they're said he got to when he got back in Pulio's backup car that one time. He said, "Man, my tongue's hanging out." Yeah, because he's like, "Man, I forgot how hard these things were to drive." Yeah. But he wheeled the piss out of it because it came back to him. Yeah. If, if I ever change divisions again, it's back to a street stock. They're, they're so just, much freaking fun. They're so fun, but they are so hard to drive. That's why they're that's, so much. That's they, why they put on the yeah, best exactly. racing. Anyway, so those guys were all crashing all over the racetrack. Bobby Stark pulled away from um, Travis Hydar, and he picked up his second win of the year. That was actually really impressive to see him hold ground and maybe gain a little ground uh, with Hydar behind him. That is impressive. He kind of raised his hand and said, you know what? I'm in this championship hunt, too. He's been gaining speed quickly over the last year. So. So he's been coming along very well. So I heard that there were also extracurricular activities in the pits following this race. Uh, that's going to be. I a, didn't hear who, that. Who? 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 Is, who? I think it was Trot and Waterman. I'm not sure. Oh, I'd okay. heard something about. Um, Where's my trophy? Oh, there's trophies down there. Oh, wait, they're in the box. I think your trophies are in this box down here. So if you're going to hand out a trophy, there's some there. But what's Trot mad about? Oh, the probably the last lap dive bomb and body slam and you know just street stocking. At the end, where everybody—oh, you mean that he does every freaking lap? <laughs> it's it's typical for these types of guys who you know unplug on the last lap for no I, reason. So I would start a drinking game for the street stocks based on when Tyler Trot hits a car, but I would die of alcohol poisoning. I like how <laughs> Phil says all these things, but I we're like the ones the that are kid. up here that have to deal with the commentary <laughs> while he hides in Florida. No, I like the kid, <laughs> and he's really, really fast. But stop driving into people. That's fair. It, he'll win races if he calms. It's the same thing that Brandon Michael had wrong with him. Slow down, you'll go faster. Stop overdriving your shit and running into people. I had to learn it. I'm sure at some point you guys had to learn it. Everybody's had to learn it. The people who actually are good drivers do learn it. I don't think he's a bad driver. He just drives into everybody, doesn't think. He puts himself in situations. And that's a fast freaking car, too. Maybe he's a Ross Chess fan fan. I don't know. So speaking of somebody oh, who... Jesus. <laughs> speaking of somebody in poor situations, the limited late model race, Gary Patnode blew up. Dude. So his string of bad luck continues. Dude, he's the Nick Covey of the limited late models. I swear to God. I Him don't mean to luck. laugh. No, we him. laugh out of frustration. Well, oh my god! Yeah, we laugh I mean, at we laugh at frustration. Basically, it's, it's like a come on moment, you know. Yeah, it, you feel for the guy. You, we have the utmost empathy and sympathy. 
for Gary Patino and Nick Hubby. You know? I wish we. I but wish yeah, we had this our, is uh, this is insane. <laughs> I wish we had our um, quote from last year with Ben Dodge because I think that's what Gary's missing this year. Which um, one was that? <laughs> it was the quote most likely to be taken out of context award from Making Labs podcast last year where uh, we had the video of uh, oh yeah Mr. Dodge saying Gary Patton after having some sex. It's like Gary's missing something this year, and I think that's what it is. <laughs> Poor Gary. Must be. So Devin Jensik put up a great battle. Uh, I forget the name of the 14 car there, but um, damn it, he's a newcomer. Kevin Cormier, is that I think. It? I think that's what it is. Yeah. Something relatively close to that. Um, they had a good battle for the lead. It got a little physical, not bad, just type of you know, hard racing stuff. Uh, Jensik took the lead. He managed to run away and uh, pick up his first win of the year. Yeah, Cormier definitely made a, a rookie mistake, part of learning miss yep. shift. I'm getting another just, beer before we get to the SK lights. It happens. Drop drop like an anchor. Yeah, <laughs> I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. It, it that you the only way to learn is by doing. So if you could yep. do it and you if you do it and you do it wrong, you'd you'd say, Okay, well now I learned how to not to do that, so now I'm gonna try it again. And if but I'm I mean, ever in the, that, you lock it away in your memory bank somewhere and just move on. Did we hear his name at all last year? No, we didn't. Was he was he even in the division? Mm. yeah so, <laughs> so I mean, it's pretty impressive to me to, to if he wasn't there last year it's even more impressive that he's running up front and that's a pretty good field of cars it is pretty decent i mean you're looking at guys who have multiple oh, championships and multiple wins not winning yep. right now so it's, it's, well, it's yeah lavoy lavoy and Fern, I mean, they're just struggling yeah. and these guys are starting to take over did, did you happen to look Get that car though. For some reason, the body on it looks short to me. Who's whose car? Cormier's car, the fourteen. I don't know. I mean, it some looks of them, weird. Some, something about it is not proportional. Unless it's one of the actual different. correct bodies for the division. It probably is. It probably late is model weird. stock car bodies that everybody seems to run. Yeah, um, which aren't listed in the rules. But I don't know. I don't know. But I tried to read their body rules, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm reading here. It's like all these bodies are listed as legal and then they're like or if you can find one that's dimensionally similar i'm like dimensionally similar yeah. what the hell are you talking about i want to run a 1995 monte carlo body you should find one of the old dodge intrepid bodies Ooh, those were nice too they're gross. i'm thinking more back to the brian ross number 31 or the bill ross number 31 that oh, that okay. car that car was perfect that body Nothing was nicer than that thing. Speaking about late model stocks, we'll move into late models. Uh, Chris Meyer gave the bumper to everyone at the race start, which was kind of funny to watch. That was a <laughs> that was a mess. <laughs> Chris went full street stock. It was so much fun to watch. I was like, hell, now we're street stocking in late models. He he's getting better every time he gets in that car, and it's it's cool to see the progression so far. Yeah, they just it's going to take a minute to really kind of. Um, get used to this type of thing because it's a lot well, I think different. They yeah, I think they make like 450 horsepower. They, yeah, they, got, they ain't pansy little cars. No, they are probably got 100 horsepower on a crate motor. So it's they got some steam and they only have an 8-inch treaded tire, I think. So yep. they're a handful. You know, I'm not going to say the late models are easy to drive. They're a handful. Is it treaded or slick? I, I think don't it's very anymore. it's very thin treaded. No, that's the 880 for the limited. Maybe they are slicks. I don't know. I, I forgot. But the 880s are on the limited late models. I thought they ran the same tire. I could be completely wrong. I have to read the rules again. I I don't keep up with them very well, so I'd have to check. 
Doesn't matter. It's still a metric car. It handles like crap. Right. They were built to have Grandma drive to the grocery store and run over every curb on her way home. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed these uh, these battles because I think uh, Blake and Bennett were battling hard for the lead. They were holding each other down and beating each other up. That was good. Oh, that was fun. It was fun to watch. Nobody really put a wheel wrong, though. It was nice to see. Blake's been um, running up towards the front more consistently, too. Yeah, he's been gaining speed over the last few seasons. Um, and then it was Gray putting the 97 under Bennett for the lead, and not long after, Chris Meyer was turned around into the turn one wall backwards, which uh, ruined his day and yeah. probably hurt the rear clip on that car pretty bad, probably the rear end too, but she's pretty damaged. Hope not. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I hope not, but it looked pretty hurt. That's a Scott Cook car, right? Yeah. They'll have that thing patched up and back to the track with no problem this week. Yeah, I know Scott's in big with, uh, or pretty tight with uh, Jay Stewart, and he can get that car in there whenever he needs. So, And Jay's a killer fabricator. Built my car, and that thing's still fast after almost 20 years. So uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit for how good those cars really are. Um, let's see, let's see. Tom Fern and Kevin Gambacorda had drama late yet again. And that resulted in uh, strong words being exchanged in the pit area as well, which was captured on social media. Yeah, it looks like a little I rivalry see that either. brewing there. Oh, Nicole captured that, too. She had it on her phone. Ah, I need to go check that out. I don't know if she posted it or not, but I did get to see it while I was filming for Sid's View oh, at Waterford this weekend. <laughs> I'd Nicole, have to look, send but, it to me. Yeah, I'd have to look for it. But uh, I did get to see it, and they were... Doing a lot of finger pointing and jaw jacking it over the scales or in the pits for some reason. I don't know, but uh, they're not very happy with each other still. And I really think they kind of need to nip it in the butter. They're just going to destroy each other's yeah, it season. It stems so back far. from a week ago. Yeah. And they're all. Tom's very mad at Kevin, and Kevin is back as well for a little bit, but not as much as Tom for not even wrecking each other. <laughs> Can we move on now? So anyway, uh, let's move on to SK Lights. Can't we all get along? Chris Matthews was spun into the turn four wall pretty early by Charlie McDougal. A spotter probably could have helped avoid that by calling Carlo, but they don't have him. Or McDougal was under there for... Not doing that that entry of the corner? Well, no, McDougal was underneath him for quite a while, if you watch the video. He was under him into turn three, through the middle of three and four, and then as they started to come off... They made contact. So he was in there for quite a while. I was thinking about something else. Yeah. It was kind of a dive bomb. Not so bad. Not as bad as later in this race. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. I was talking zero car and char- uh, yeah. Chris uh, Matthews. Yeah, we'll get I'll to that. I'll talk about so. that one when we get to it. Anyway, um, like I said, a spotter probably could have avoided Brent, that your one. Your internet but... decided it identifies as my internet. How so? Seems to be working. <laughs> my sound effects won't go. You probably have too many windows open on my cheap little computer. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's move on to, uh, let's see, the next incident. There was, let's talk about Nick Anglace for a moment. After reviewing the video multiple times from the first incident, I'm getting double birds, but that's coming later. Um <laughs> Let's talk Nick Anglace. I did watch the video of the first incident and the second incident he was involved in. Uh, after doing it multiple times, I watched it. Uh, he, it's clear that he ran Megan Fuller up coming off a turn yeah, four. Yeah, I thought like he self-cleared. He self-cleared very, uh, very sternly. Just drove into her right front. 
he, he did it very, uh, I would say aggressively, but it's, uh, it was very stern, I guess, very forceful. It's what he does all the time. I mean, yeah. You watch him race, it's how he races. It knocked the wheel right out of her hand, and she went straight into the turn four wall hard. Yeah, she got good, yeah, she got full consequence. That was too bad. The ensuing mess collected Alina Bryden, who caught a patch of oil, which, yeah, there was oil on the racetrack. They spent like 10 minutes speedy dragging the entire track down. Yeah, um, I didn't know what the heck happened there at first, but when... She said she hit a patch of oil, and I'm like, yeah, right. And then I saw the speedy drag going down. I'm like, holy shit, she was right. That's usually a bad excuse, but she was totally right. Sorry, yeah, that's I my fault. Yeah, I thought it was an excuse myself, too. I'm like, wow, that's my fault. Sorry. I should have... Ble- <laughs> You, you'll excuse me for not believing you, but I've heard all the racers' excuses. So um, Everybody makes excuses. Oh, God, yeah. But uh, they had a long, lengthy cleanup for that. The next incident was where Anglace absolutely dive-bombed Joey Farino going into turn three. Yes. And upset his car enough for Farino to spin. Uh, then Anglace was penalized and proceeded to throw a mega tantrum on the front stretch, throwing double birds at the tower and abandoning his race car... On the racetrack. Hey, which tower? Why? Why did he? Why did he give double birds to uh, Joe Koss and Ben Dodge? What did they do to him? I think race control is the tower closer to uh, turn one. Yeah, I think I think they're the next tower over. Yeah, they're not the central tower. They're the turn I don't more th- towards turn one. I don't think SK light drivers should show emotions or even give opinions until they've seen or heard from somebody because they have no idea what happens to them behind them because they don't have spotters. Don't have anybody talking to them. So how the heck do they know what's going on? Unless they're really good with their sense of surroundings. So here's you my know? thing about this whole incident with Nick. We've been watching Nick Angley's race for a couple of years. He's extremely fast, but extremely aggressive. I'd say fast it's, and extremely aggressive. Yeah. Well, he's always towards the front of the field. So he clearly knows how to drive a car. And he clearly knows how to drive it fast. Agreed. He lacks, okay, agreed. He lacks an understanding of racecraft. So I made a lot of the same mistakes. Nothing he did on Friday night was like he wasn't trying to wreck Meg. He wasn't trying to wreck or knock Joey sideways and cause that big wreck. Poor However, racing decisions. Yeah, it's all poor decisions. <laughs> it's it's a it's a direct result again of not having any experience in something like a mini stock or a street stock or an X car or a pure stock or whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. The ladder is broken. We need to fix this problem. And but we're never gonna. I was gonna say, and how do we do that? We're not gonna. You can't There's no no you can't. <laughs> you can't. Well people are willing to spend money that's almost impossible but unless there's some until really high kids like this have to race like you and I and Jesse government. race. They'll never understand, and they'll never appreciate what they have or the equipment that other people have. Well, I yeah. It's selfishness. I mean, That's all it is, is selfishness. He doesn't well, care about the other car on the outside. Well, it's true, but like uh, with, if there's any problem with young drivers, it has to do with leadership, and it has to do with either A, uh, race control, not taking control, or B, uh, the parents not being able to take control of Whoever it is, it it, it could be any driver. If there's a problem with that kind of respect, you have to have leadership within the family and within racing. And we're lacking all of it. So you're saying it's an institution issue. The kid has an opportunity. It's an institution issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't find... 
Yeah, if it's, especially if it's a youth or whatever, I don't find it. You know, it's so yeah. I guess it's from a top down issue, is what you're saying. Is uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a cultural thing. It's a racing culture. It has to do with uh, it, it, everything is just gets dumbed down over time from you know parents and yeah. Again, we, I don't think we can fix this issue because not only is it societal, but it's institutional in the racing culture. So it's. It's in, it's going to be incredibly difficult for us to get the results. That yeah, if you want, if you want to use a ladder wants. system, if you want to use a ladder system, that would have to be really heavy-handed within the racing government. You'd have to have yeah. a lot of licenses and a lot of steps to do that. Similar to like the road to Indy, to like the you go from Indy, you know you go from go karts, you go to US F two thousand or whatever the heck they are, like a Formula Ford kind of deal or and then you move, move up into Indy Lights and Formula 3 and, and blah, blah, blah. You do a ladder system like that where you have to be only licensed. You can only get so many points down here before you can move up to the next level and to the next level. You, that's kind of hard when racetracks are hungry, but you, that's uh, kind of, think about what it's kind of what you're saying. You, you could have a division have a requirement for a number of years in a lower division. Like if, if you want to move up to an SK or an SK Light, you're going to have – two years experience in a street stocker or something. I don't think that's unreasonable. It's a beginner's division. It's where you're going to learn race cap race craft and learn how to race with cars that aren't 65 or $70,000. Yeah. The used car market is healthy. You can always just sell, you, you sell street shots easily enough, you know, you, know, you sold yours easy enough, you know, that, and there's lots of guys that sell them again, all when, the time. When everything My, is, when everything is money based, it's yeah, I don't know. And, and, that's exactly what what killed the ladder system. It used to be guys would get into a street stock and then move to a late model and then go to a pro stock and then go to an SK and then go to a tour mod. Now it's take the elevator straight to the top. I'm also seeing a very disturbing trend this year with uh, racers, and it is I got penalized, so now I'm taking my ball and going home from literally everyone. I'm, oh, that's I'm seeing it at Waterford. I'm seeing it at Stafford. It's like, dude. If you do something on the racetrack, even if you don't agree you did something wrong, if you get a penalty, sorry, you got the penalty. Take if your parents take your smack lumps, them upside the damn head. Take your lumps and go to the back. You know how many times I've gotten a penalty on the track and said, well, I don't agree with it, but uh, I could see why they called it, so I guess I'm going to the back. Yeah, that was the same thing. With I had the same thing and uh, it happened to me numerous times yeah, where, where I didn't agree with it, but hey. I know I was involved and you got into Sean that one night battling for the lead at Thompson. We all know the truth of what actually happened there. It was a racing incident. Well, he chopped Brent. Yeah, but it was, I don't think it was done. (laughs) I will always back my brother up. I I really don't think that that was done as more than that's how Sean's line was. Cause Sean always dime in the corner there. It was egregious. Wash up in the center. Always egregious. Brent stuck his nose. No quarter. There. Brent was there, and he just kept coming down. Now, I, no spotter. No, he was directly in front of me, and I thought his car was pretty tight. And um, he just kind of in three and four. We were second and third, and I was much faster. And he was. I thought his car was tight, so I was just kind of riding, trying to build a build a run. I hadn't even gotten to the throttle yet. Like I had been off the throttle, off the brakes, not really increasing you know or not really decreasing distance between us and then all of a sudden he was across my like in my face and i'd apparently run into him and he'd spun to the infield and i'm like 
how the hell did that happen? And I looked up yeah. immediately at the tower. I'm not even, I'm just kind of cruising. I got a lot of time left in the race. And then all of a sudden I look at the tower and I'm like, I'm going to get called for that. Even though I didn't do anything. Yeah. It happens. And I'm like, I know but it's coming. I have a story. So I just kind of took it. I'm like, well, that sucks. I have a story about you know? taking my lumps and I have a good analogy about just taking my lumps and just going with it. Yeah. The, one of the most proudest trophies I ever got was the uh, 20, what is it, the 2011 uh, Chief Starter Trophy. Oh, yeah, trophy. you won the Chief Starter's Trophy. The Chief Starter's Trophy of Thompson from Tim Bennett Yeah, when he was the Chief Starter. Probably, and the reason why I won it is because, number one, uh, I got screwed. off? Yeah. Gave him a pack of cigarettes or something. No, 12 pack, yeah. <laughs> I got I got screwed. <laughs> at, I believe it, it, I got screwed at the uh, where they, we Ice were doing breaker. all those. We were, we were doing all those inverts and stuff for. Yeah, they tried the whole like. They had this whole setup weird setup with the invert thing. They ran like three stage races or three something. Three stage like that. races, yes. and everywhere I finished, I always got screwed every single one of them. And they admitted it too. And and uh, did, my dad was having a bird, but I went and, and just talked to Josh Renato like calmly and said listen man i kind of got screwed on that we probably shouldn't do this anymore and here's why i got and, screwed and they admitted it and, and what's funny is yeah and, the, now, and, and that was fine i never had a problem with that ever again yeah that they, was number one they admitted it too they said look we're never doing this again and guess what they never did it again and they i held uh, up their end of the bargain yeah i yeah i was uh, you know i just went to him like a like a man as and, much as i talked to him as much as i don't appreciate yeah. how much we got screwed that night i do appreciate the fact that they stuck to their word yeah. and they admitted that they were wrong and then and, the, and, and then I'm, I'm okay with it now Later on First in the time year, ever. yeah. Later on in the Only year, time. Later on yes. in the year, I got, I was underneath Tommy Shea, and he ended up getting spun out, and it wasn't my fault. I know that for a fact. And uh, but it was a heat race, and whoever they had spotting in the turn four tower or whatever, I think it was the janitor or something, <laughs> and it wasn't a full time guy or whatever. And I think you know they missed the call, and I never even touched them, but. I went to the back anyway. Didn't you know? And I didn't take any. You know, I didn't give him any garbage. And those are the two reasons why I won won that award for being kind of Mister Congeniality, really. Yeah, when I had the, you know, because it's, I was never winning that one. You know, yeah, because I mean, when when I had that call go against I'm not gonna me, not going to be a jerk about it. You know, when I when I had the displeasure of having that call go against me at the World Series. I said, you know what? I I understand the call because I understand how they call these races. I don't. Yep. I know that they can't call it based on what my circumstance was. They probably know I didn't mean to do it, but they have to call it anyway because that's fair play. I walked up to um, Scott Tapley afterwards, and he had this kind of flat look on his face, like he knew he didn't want to make that call, and he knew I why I was coming over there. And I said, no, you made the right call. You have to call him the same way every time. You know, Scott's fair. Yeah, Scott's I mean, fair all the time. I said, I don't, I don't mind. That's, you know, I knew it was coming. I knew that I didn't do anything wrong, but I knew it was coming just because that's how you call it. And that's fair play. So yeah, I you shook spin his, the leader out a hundred times out of a hundred. You're going to the Well, back. it was second and third, but was it, it was, second and third? yeah, but it was up yeah. front. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, so I just took it and I didn't leave my race car on the fricking racetrack and double bird the tower. I took it like a man and I moved on. My my thing about Anglais, I was trying to say earlier before whatever happened with recording was, I, I've heard he has an open mod, which is great, and he has an opportunity because he has a family name that's known. And having a name in racing, I don't care who you are, it's everything. That's that is everything. Like I struggle so much. I'm sure you do too. 
because I don't have a name that's known locally. Like I'm a first generation racer and trying to do anything is a nightmare. Sometimes this kid has a clean path. It's going to, it's not easy, but it's a smoother path than path than most of ours. Better don't than fuck ours it up. Was. Yeah. Don't like calm down. You're fast enough to win on a weekly basis. Again, same thing I said with trot, just slow down. You'll go faster. Make smarter decisions. You don't always have to go for every hole you see. And that's part of the problem I've seen with Anglace is he just a hole opens up. He sticks his nose in it. All of a sudden, they're all wadded up in the corner. And then he's mad saying, oh, I didn't do anything. They cut down. No, you no, drove you into his left fucking rear and wrecked everybody. It's Jeremy, it's, it's Jeremy Mayfield syndrome. I'm not wrong, and here's why, and I'll stick to that forever. Yeah. And even though you are wrong completely. It's happened so many times, and it doesn't mean Nick is a bad driver. It doesn't mean he's a bad kid. It doesn't mean anything bad about him. He just needs to learn and learn from the mistakes instead of continuing to make the same mistakes. Wasn't there a ton of wrecks in that SK Light race? There was a ton of them that race. There's a ton of wrecks in every SK Light race at Stafford. It seems even the even the even uh, Stafford. There's some really really good ones, but even Stafford's uh, drone crashed <laughs> well, <laughs> during, not, the, during the SK I, I Light could, race. Oh boy! I could go for low hanging fruit too and blame all the wrecks that they usually have in the SK Lights on spotters, but that's not the truth. That, I mean, I will. I will actually give the uh, honorary Darf comment of the week award to the guy who was uh, telling Sid that the drone that was flying around for Sid's view this weekend was going to kill someone, which was hilarious. Well, too bad right. it wasn't him. Yeah, too bad it wasn't him. So, <laughs> and Waterford would have never mind. I'm not gonna. I'll be nice. Uh, whatever. Uh, so we'll fly should... right into his tower, right into his temple. Let's move on. Like we have so much more to go, and we have Jesus we're, Jesse. We're already. An hour and fifteen into this, thing. right? We oh, need to screw it. Uh, SKs. Whatever. Let's move got to, more beer. Who let's cares? move to SKs. S- okay, so we did SK lights. We did. Yeah, we got to do the SKs now. Yeah. John Pulio spun was spun into turn one wall on the first lap. That's dude great. John JP has no luck. No, it's... he was wrecked last race. Then he's wrecked this race. Tore the right gets, front off. Now he ripped the left front off because he got he turned into the wall. He gets pushed around so much. Doesn't too. matter where he starts either. He, he, he can be up matter. front. There's a squirrel up there that took him out this week. Another squirrel, I think the 31 took him out. Because I, I he this. he blew a motor in practice. He's almost the Gary Patinode and Nick Hovey. He's almost the Nick Hovey and, and Gary Patinode of yeah. the SK division. There's a very defined. He's had no luck. And, and he blowed up and wrecked by everybody and jesus christ man there is one driver for every single division there that is the definitive bad luck person god there is at least one the goodies headache award is going to be tough this year at the end of the year oh it's going to be bad god so there's, anyway there's just a general lack of respect in a lot of those open wheel divisions right now anyway adam Gaten and i had this discussion a few times about nerf bars and whether they should have the double bar mm-hmm. on the side or go back to a single well let's go bring him on the show yeah, we need to bring him on the show it's about hockey, he's way overdue all our hockey teams are it's, out so yeah. we might as well bring it well we, bring him on. we gotta bring him on after all of hockey is done for after the, year. the stanley cup well, well we can make predictions season, anyway. We have to make sure there's no dirt races either on the night we have them on. Oh, right. He's got that bougie. He'll blow us off for sprint cars. Right, because yeah, hopefully they don't run on a Monday. 
So hopefully it's good. <laughs> He's got them bougie I mean, streaming services. Dirt's able to make Mondays work in some places. I know, right? So. They can make right. any night work, apparently. Right. So anyway, we're on SKs. Uh, Dylan Kopech threw the second double birds of the night at Marcello Refrano. Did you see that tank fold up, man? Oh, yeah. that The rear clip was completely Dude, jacked. that after, gas tank was worked. After he backed it into the turn three wall hard, and then beef spilled over onto Twitter between the two. He had single birds, though. Ju- no, he did, he did doubles. I'm pretty sure he threw doubles, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doubles and then a single. Oh, the double and the single is the best because, oh, okay. like I said last week, you got to do the doubles, and then you give the exclamation point right at the end. Yeah, I don't know what happened, why he got turned around or whatever, but I think it, just it was drove into his left rear. Yeah, it, contact. It was just Rufrano. a racing deal. It wasn't anything egregious or stupid, but it's gonna be it pretty soon. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty soon if they keep beefing on Twitter. Yeah, I didn't. After that initial retort by uh, Refrano, I kind of haven't checked back. I should probably take a look at that. Mm. Well, so keep, keep eye on it. we got to do our popcorn awards. There was we also, might get some more DARF comments from that, too. Maybe. There was also an incident between Brian Arducci and Doug Mazervi going into turn one. Well, and, that um, included the 75. Yeah, it included them as well. It looked like Narducci squeezed, just, just squeezed him into the wall going into well, turn one. Well, he got moved and, up by the 75, yeah, was just have. creeping up the track the littlest a bit. And then, yeah, I mean, what's different Lost. from that three-wide move from the Three wide in the middle move last week beforehand mm. was that unlike last week's SK light three wide middle in the move, this one was coming out of the corner and they went down pretty much the whole straightaway three wide and they have spotters and stuff. But the 75 just creeped up. Oh, it just got a little creeped tight. up on, onto uh, yeah. go before going in and Missouri really got the, he's, the he's trying to make his arc that. bigger. Yeah, he's just trying as to as big as he could. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Reservi just had got the shortest end of the stick, and boy, without that amazing save, by the way, by Narducci, yeah, Holy it was crap. insanely good. Yeah, very good car control. He almost bit it as well. He would have needed a lot of work on that car if he didn't save that car. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a rear clip, and then I thought it was going to be a front clip, and then it was a trophy and victory. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a candidate for save of the year right there. If Thank we have that much. award, we'll write that down. Yes, so that left Missouri wrecked and mad. Um, after a couple minor fracases, Narducci held on to win. He came from like 14th to win yeah. this race. So we told, we said if he just keeps his head on straight, the wins will come. And guess what? He ends up in victory lane the next week. Yep. So that's his first hasn't, of the year. Hasn't been driving like a dipshit all year. He's been running consistent, yeah, making smart moves. He's made a little comp- contact, but. Yeah, I like just, contact. It's been modified racing with him. It hasn't ah, been. I just don't want to see him revert. That's all. I just don't yeah, want to see him I, revert. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, doing he, well so far though. I mean, right now he he even got Matthew Dillner to tweet about him, so he's doing good things. Yeah, he is. Yeah, definitely the yeah, yeah. He's the leading candidate right now for the championship. Has to be. Yeah, he's so digging. far. I yeah, mean, just keep it up. You Don't keep get it up. You, yeah, winners will be remembered. Champions are etched into mortality. Yeah. So, I I think he'll be an SK champion if he continues to race the way he is. Yeah. He's just got to keep whether, it whether it's this year, or next year, or whatever. Fourteenth to first in this deep of a field is very scary. Yeah, that's a fast car. That's fast. Yeah, that's so, a really fast car. And had, where where did the team car finish? In the wall, I think. Well, just just checking. Just checking. Okay. Uh, towards the back, last basically. Uh, open 80 race. It was open 80, right? Bud Light open 80. 
Yep. Um, Chase Dowling, Ronnie Williams led him to led the field to the green. And I saw those two up front, and I'm like, well, this race is over. I was wrong. Uh, Ryan Priest pulled off halfway with a mechanical issue, I think. Uh, there was a big fire, but Anthony Flannery had, a, I think, an engine let go or something, but that thing was on fire big in turn, well, coming out of two down the backstretch. Yeah. There was another really long cleanup. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, another funny car fire. Holy smokes. I believe Ronnie Silk got into Ronnie Williams and uh, spun him out for the lead, I believe. There was, I believe, also a penalty involved in that. I don't know. That was a tough call. I, that's the kind of thing that gives race directors acid reflux and ulcers. Because, man, I, I can't see where, where Silk hit him. Yeah, it's tough. It's I very can't physically tough. see it because it's like I'm looking, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it. I, it look, almost looks like the rear tires on Williams could have locked up. Maybe. I don't know. And then, but I never see the 16 car like the attitude change you know, at the point of contact. Mm. I don't see the car shift any way. Could he have hit him? Yeah, sure. But pfft, it, it, that's a tough call. It didn't. I mean, if he didn't hit him, it would have been by inches. So you really kind of have to do make that call, right? I mean, so, that's a, it's one of those things again where you got to kind of take your lumps. It could it go, almost look it like it could a f- go either way, and if it doesn't yep. go your way, you just got to. It almost it. looked like a phantom punch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he didn't park his car on the front stretch and give the tower double bird steady. No, I was hoping for it because we needed to go like for the three peat. I don't think Ronnie Silk's that type of guy. No, he would. He should, out in the no, field with Danny Lyons. Somewhere. He's just going to drive. Oh, don't don't. Can we talk about up. Dylan Izzo? You don't want you don't want to bring that photo back no, up that he absolutely hates. Let's not bring that photo back up. We still have it, by the way. We got to talk about yes. Dylan Izzo. He wasn't a horse. He was a dragon. Yeah. That car was fast. It was quick. And he's not running the whole year long either, which no. is really, really they, cool to see. They like found an something with that thing, yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't heard him in a long time. Used to race SKs at Waterford. A lot of Legends car stuff. It, it kind of reminds me of a Stephen Massey. Yeah. Yeah. Nas- Massey was nasty. Not, f- not full time, but yeah. man, anytime mean, he ran, he tended to win. I miss that guy, too. There, he was that's entertaining. Like the, that's man. like the Tommy Barrett, too. You know, those guys, they just show up and they're nasty. Yeah. Tommy still runs, but he, whatever yeah. team he's with is not that great. No, the, the old nine car, the, the old rusty looking beat up one that he kicked everyone's ass Tetanus with. Tetanus one? Tetanus one was the greatest car ever. Yeah, uh, I don't even know where it is. He probably still got it under a sh- under a cover it's somewhere. Probably still, probably still in the family garage. Oh, it probably is. It's probably got a cover over it. That that was my favorite time for MRS was when Stephen was racing and Tommy was racing and and Pastor Yak was there. And oh, by the way, we didn't actually mention who won the a bunch of these races. I think I mentioned Adam Gray won the late models, but I didn't yes. mention that our buddy. Um. What's his face here? Alexander. I mean, oh, Alexander buddy. Pearl won. Yeah, I totally forgot. I biffed on that. I got to mention it. Yeah, we mentioned the race. Funny. I got to mention one. Thanks. <laughs> nice job, buddy. Uh, he's going to love that. <laughs> uh, Brian Arducci, I think we said he won. So yep. anyway, yeah, Open 80. Sorry, I had to go back and correct that mistake. That's right. Well, Open 80, we weren't done with that one yet. Silk Spun Williams, I don't know the call. But uh, Woody Pitcat took the lead late, won his 79th overall win at Stafford Motor Speedway. It would have been funny to win his 80th on the 80. Um, I mean, he's got a good enough shot at the next one. Yeah, uh, the Doug Dunleavy car is fast. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's nice to see Woody back up front again, where he belongs. Woody, 
Woody's interesting because I, I've known Woody for a number of years and followed his career, obviously, and he's always just overachieved with underfunded equipment. And you to see him, like always, I think the Buzz Chew years showed what he could do truly in a tour, tour car. But the rug was just kind of ripped right out from underneath his feet when I don't know if Chew got upset or. Yeah, he I know was they went and so did dirt fast. stuff for a while. They're still doing it, dirt stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah, and and that just that screwed him. He was really, really disappointed when I mean, he lost that. With that car, he was winning multiple races on the NASCAR tour. Almost yep. won the title. I mean, the guy obviously is fast. You know what I mean? Obviously, yep. he knows what he's doing. He's the second highest winner at Stafford Motor Speedway at Stafford all time of all time. Yeah, I mean, the guy, yeah. he's got a lot of years left, too. It, so It's amazing what you can do when you have what you need. Yeah. So we're going to move it on because this thing, we're still in local stuff. We're almost an hour and a half into this thing. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it's a good thing there was only two national races. Yeah, but anyway, we'll, we'll buzz through that real quick. Anyway, oh, yeah, plus an IndyCar race, though. Yeah, we got to talk about that. That um, was actually Just because there was interesting. an interesting thing that happened during that, or afterwards, I should say. Um, Waterford, do you want to talk about the tri-track and Dick Williams drama at all, or just say I'm not interested? It's whatever. I don't want to uh, talk. About we it. don't have first. We don't have first person account. Just read the. No, just read just the article on go, Race Day. Go CT. check out Race Day CT and all these other yeah, articles. There, apparently, it's not coming back. Tri-track. I don't have any idea what's going on, and I don't have an opinion yeah. either way. I I like them both, and yeah. I don't want beef. I want racing to be better. Wait, I didn't want to say that. Uh, I hate the term "be better." My of course, bad. you want beef. <laughs> I do no, like beef. But I'm sorry. All right, I'll come so get you. we did film all these races for Sid's View, which again you can go watch over at YouTube.com/slash/SidsView for all your uh, short track racing needs from the Speed Bowl, I suppose. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, mini stocks. Tell your mom. Tommy Silva won. He was the class of the field. Came back after. Uh, parking his car after that uh, okay, incident we'll he had with bit, okay. and getting penalized a couple weeks ago. I know they had the week off, I believe, last week. Um, he was a class of the field, but he was also being chased down by Bill Silvio, last week's winner, and they were two just – they were so equal that they just couldn't make up or lose any ground to each other, and they were just gone. I mean, they checked out and were gone. I don't want to give away too many details because you could watch the video. Um, but they had a long green run there. Street stocks. Tony Macrino won, and he yes, he did come down from late models and picked up a brand new BFR car. I know that we were walking through the pits and he was already beefing with officials, <laughs> typical Tony style. But uh, Jesus, uh, I mean, they let him race, so it all got worked out in the end. And he started towards the front. Well, I mean, he had a problem, couple bad weeks. I don't so, something about being Italian and angry. I'm not sure, but um, he started. <laughs> Close to was there a lot of this? I think so. Yeah, he talks a lot with his hands. So. Does Sid have earplugs in? I believe so. He doesn't want to hear this part. He well, took the he, turn your volume. Took off, the dude. took the lead away <laughs> from Al Stone early and ran away in a I believe caution free race. Maybe one yellow. Not sure. But uh, again, watch the video if you want to know the actual results here. Legends cars. Zach Martinez came out of absolutely nowhere to win. Uh, there was a battle for the lead that was very good between Brody Monahan and Johnny O'Sullivan. Zach Martinez came from the back, like back back, and put the bumper to Monahan to take the lead. Minor yellow here and there. Again, watch Sid's view. It would slow the field, but the battle for second was the best because Martinez would take off. Um, 
Let's see here. Andrew Moeller went back to back in the late models. They had the highest car count of the weekend. Uh, I don't remember. Why, why is he so good in a damn late model? That's so fun to watch, but crazy to me. He picks it up very quickly. Again, if you're going to expand your racing portfolio, do it in a bunch of different types of cars at a bunch of different tracks. Like he's racing, oh, I agree. He's racing two separate types of, of late models, two different, well, SK is at two different tracks. So, And then a couple open modified stuff. So he's diversifying his portfolio, and it makes you a better race car driver. And it's obviously showing because he's got two in a row in Waterford. Uh, I don't remember much about this for whatever reason, but uh, except for Jason Palmer and Ray, uh, Ray Christian got together fighting for the lead and both spun out. So that was pretty exciting. That gave Moeller got to the front quickly after that and took the lead. Glenn Thomas made a rear appearance back in the 53 car. He came from the back, had a strong run, and he was within the podium until contact late sent him into the turn four wall. Ruining his good run. That was very sad. I did not want to see that. I wanted to see him try to compete because they were pretty quick. The start, the car started coming to him. The race started coming to him, and then he's in the wall. It's like who got him? Brilliant. I forgot if it was Bailey or uh, the other guy, Newcomb. I couldn't remember who it was. Oh. Everybody's got a black car. It's hard for me to decipher one from the other. You know what I mean? <laughs> This is why I have a white race car. Yeah, this is why I have a white race car, so I stand out in the crowd. Um, Again, let's see. SK Lights, he had a first-time winner. Evan Burgoys picked up that win. He was strong, took advantage of a, well, forward starting spot, kept the nose clean, took control of the the race early, and nobody could catch him or get around him. Uh, Had a few very good restarts. Uh, and at the end, he held off Tom Abley and Johnny O'Sullivan to take the win. I know the battle for second got pretty physical. Nobody got you know spun out or wrecked or anything, just a little Nerf bar banging, but it was pretty great. And the SK race, they had the Fast 3, the 60-lap race. Uh, that's the first of its three races this year promoted by the racing guys. They had five last year, doing three this year. Eric Burnt picks up his second win on the year in both extra-distance races. Uh, I know Kyle James had some bad luck where he lost a motor. Uh, and I don't remember them putting down Speedy Drive, but I don't also remember anybody having a problem. So it was kind of weird because he definitely threw a rod. I, so. I was wondering what <laughs> happened to uh, Kyle because I, I saw on Race Monitor he was way at the back. I didn't know what the yeah, happened there. We, I talked to his team and he said, yeah, this isn't the regular engine that's in the car. It's the loner motor because he's got the, the good one getting worked on. And oh, that's uh, not good. this is the one that came out from under the bench and they dusted it off to put it in the car and just go out there and run. And yeah, it kicked a rod. So she was used up. Um, so Eric Burnt picked up his second win of the year. All right. So uh, again, watch the SIDS view episode. You want more details and more racing action. I don't want to give it all away. Then nobody will watch, you know. There. All right. Seekonk. Let's buzz through this real quick. We have go a watch. listener email. Sorry for oh, the boy. two hour episode this week, but we just can't shut up. Uh, <laughs> I want to die. Yeah, same. We have our Seekonk correspondent, Sean Miner. He's a listener of the show who's checking in again this week. Seekonk Saga Part 2. Now, the last time he wrote in, he talked about some pro-stock drama with uh, Dave Darling and etc. Well, he elaborates on it this week. He said, not sure if this week's episode has been recorded yet, but, well, just for future reference, we record on Monday nights, like past 8 p.m. So, yeah, you got plenty of time if you're sending in a little early. Um, he says, Dave Darling's team was fined 
$250 by Seekonk Speedway for, quote, actions towards an official, end quote, last week, which they paid for in pennies. Finally, now I can My heroes. What the hell? I smell pennies. <laughs> Jesse's bringing the memes. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, um, let's see. He also showed up at the driver's meeting with his mouth taped shut, which is all true because we watched the video on Dave Darling's page. It was like a shared video off of TikTok or something where they show them in the shop taking a cooler with a handle and wheels and dumping pennies into it, like $250 worth of pennies. And then they wheel it out of the trailer, and Dave has his mouth duct taped shut, and they wheel it all the way over to the um, driver's meeting shack, and they plop it down right in front of the shack. It's a little cliche. Yeah, to be quite I, honest. I get. I it. would do it. The dramatics of it all. I, I, what did, I wonder what he got fined for. Probably I, I yelling, yelling or arguing with that? an official, or giving lewd gestures or something. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Uh, there wasn't any real detail as to why or anything released by Seekonk about it, but I whatever. I couldn't find anything on, on Facebook. I couldn't either. Again, penalties are one of those things that a lot of places just don't advertise for some reason. But uh, He also goes on to say that the division was down from 15 cars to 12, went green to checkered Saturday, no real drama. Thanks for reading this episode of Seekonk Drama. Well, thanks for sending it in, Sean. We appreciate this stuff. Well, there's no real drama if you have 12 cars because they're just going to string out. Anybody who wants to send anything else into the show can send it via email to makinglabspodcast at gmail.com or you could actually send us DMs on our social media platforms, which we will give out at the end of the show. If you comment on YouTube videos, we typically don't really see it very often because we don't really troll those too much because we don't have the control over it, so we actually have to go look for it. Um Again, or you could have a voicemail, and you could speak your mind over at anchor.fm slash makinglaps. I'll remind you of all this stuff later on, but uh, we should go through some Seekonk results because I'm seeing the latter in action except for sport trucks, but we'll we'll gloss over that. Before we start, can I change my mind on something about Seekonk real quick? Sure. What is it? Yeah. The, pure, the, the pro stocks with the bump stop rule. Okay. I like the idea of the bump stop rule that they have okay but you're the only track that's running regular pro stocks in the entire northeast as a feature division as a feature division i thought oxford plains did maybe maybe oxford does i thought they only did the act late models up there but maybe i'm wrong i think they do i think they do pro stocks up there Okay. That's a pretty I thought, I thought, track. Well, either way, but they're big for pro stocks. I know that. So two tracks out of however many in New England. Thunder Road runs the ACT cars as their premier, right? I believe so. That's such a great track. I got. Why go don't you just run the freaking Granite State rules and be done with it? Because make a better ROI pro- for the racer. Well, you're protecting your drivers, which mm-hmm. I get. But you don't have enough of your drivers at this point to matter. The division is dead at 12 cars, in my opinion. It's tough. They need to figure out something. And if that means going back to state rules where they allow bump packages and all that, then let it be. It's the, pit, it's, it's the premier division in, in the, at the track. It's the second tier, in my opinion, division in New England because I put it Tormods, Pro Stocks, then SKs. Past guys would definitely argue with that. 
all pro stock super late models. It's the same type of car. That's But it. anyway, uh, I mean, yeah, it is the only racetrack left in Massachusetts. It is a NASCAR-sanctioned track. It is their Division One series, div- well, division, obviously. Yeah. Um, they got to do something, bump them numbers up. But if with, it was the 90s when Seekonk, Thompson, Stafford, everybody still had pure uh, pro stocks and super late models. Riverside, yeah. Yeah, fine. Then then local tracks can run their rules because there's a plethora of the cars available. Yeah. it's Northeast is not pro stock and super late model country. Right it's now. It's modified country. Right now is not a great time for a racetrack to have a single division that no other track has. It's... Well, it's how about very the, difficult to have? So then, that. what are you guys' opinion on Stafford with the late models then, versus it's, Act late models? Well, they kind of can get on their own island with that because they're all G chassis cars, and there's a ton of G chassis cars still around. Okay, how, yeah, how, then, how are their numbers really compared to this, all the other this late year, models? Kind of tough. This year, I'm not I'm not liking the late models at Stafford. However, there's a number of the late model guys that went up and started running the the whatever the hell the name is of the NHS TRA class two guys have transitioned up to that class over the past couple of years. Well, like a late model or late model sportsman or something like that. Yeah. I think it's the late model sportsman and and then they've just moved to other classes in general and nothing's really come from the bottom because Stafford, it's not their premier division. So Stafford is pumping modified, 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 modified and not giving any love truthfully to the fender divisions in my opinion which is no different than usual honestly yeah and i and i get it but like thompson does the same thing waterford probably would do the same thing if they i mean mitch is great but let's be fair it's not terry ames years anymore where you know there was constant stuff going on but i don't know at, at this point cut your losses just go back to a common rule book and be done with it yeah, there's only one thing that comes from common rule books, and that's more cars. So it's worth thinking about at least. All right. So, well, that's going to take leadership and organization. Yeah, it's and, it's, that's and a, lot, a of, lot of effort, a lot of meetings, too. So, all right. Seekonk Sport Trucks Radical Rick Martin picked up his 102nd career win at that series, in that, at that track, I should say. I'm sorry. Now, I'm talking about the ladder system. Sportsman's won by Ed Perry. I believe he was a pure stock racer, and he moved up to Sportsman's. Again, if somebody, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but I do believe I remember names. So I believe he is a graduate from that series. Late Models, Paul Lallier won, and I believe that he's also a graduate of the Sportsman's because I, I, so. I can recall him racing those. Now here's the story because this guy, I like this guy a lot. Pro Stocks were won by Mark Jennison. This is and, a good story. Yes. I like Mark a lot. He's a very He's good a driver. very good driver. He's a very good dude. He rescued us from the rain in his RV <laughs> this do year. He could do a lot of... He <laughs> He's talk entertaining about, as hell. Yeah. Somebody who could do a lot with a little. Yeah. He's really got a little. So, and he picked up his first pro stock win. Long time late model racer. Ran a lot of late model stuff. Moved into the ACT cars. Ran those at Thompson forever. Still runs them at Thompson, I think, every once in a while. But he focuses on Seekonk now and then he moved up to this pro stock and he got himself a win so that's great to see again we like Mark so we're we're pro Jenison here I'm honestly not shocked to see him win in a pro stock because he's been so consistently good in a late model the past few years and yeah. 
knowing like I don't know him personally, probably like you guys do, but I know what he shows up at the track with, and he's really no different than us. Right. Well, he uh, came so, from the street stocks. He came. He was a street stock guy, and then he yep. moved up to lay miles, yep. and then he moved yeah. up into, into he he's just went ladder lined up. up the ladder. Yep. Yeah, he's just Very a hardworking old. guy that that has his shit together. Really, that's all that it comes down to. Yep. It's just cool to see. So we appreciate that. And, and at the same time, we'll go back real quick to to the the rule thing. I think if they were on bumps, he wouldn't win. Probably not completely. He'd be honest. priced out of the division. Right. That's, so that's. That's the double-edged sword to that whole situation, I think. Yeah, that's why they're not doing it. You know what I mean? So it's... Yeah. Anyway, so we we need to buzz through <laughs> the uh, national stuff because there's a lot going on. We actually saw the IndyCar race, and it had some really interesting bonus for the winner. Uh, Joseph Newgarden won at uh, Road America, but they had this bonus at the beginning of the year. They said that it, they would give out, and I forgot what, who it was, but... Uh, they would come home with uh, well, I, I know what it was. It was, it oh, was uh, it's uh, some charity for something or other. I, I got can't what it is. Let me do the IndyCar you thing go because right I, I have a lot of fun with IndyCar. I think it's the best kept secret in, in national news, really. It is really entertaining. I mean, IndyCar is a lot of fun. To the watch. points leader Absolutely. got taken out by, by uh, a rookie for when really uh willpower willpower was kind of blocking a little bit and for 13th or 14th place or whatever road america so yeah the guy's probably behind him was probably uh his name is devlin uh francesco yeah who uh yeah he comes from money don't just <laughs> don't no all, way. don't all people named devlin come from money you know? I think all people in upper tier racing do. But yeah, I was gonna on. say, let's be fair. Almost everybody in that <laughs> it sounds like a NASCAR isn't driver. There without money, yeah, it sounds like a NASCAR driver, really. But uh, if you're gonna block for 13, 14 place, that's really kind of dumb. Okay. Well, that's uh, willpower. Yeah, there was so that hit. So that's one guy at the top of the leaderboard. The other guy was uh, Polo. Polo, he got taken out by his teammate. They made contact. He broke a tie rod, and, which is and, dumb. And just like, yeah, just, yeah, just. Uh, that incident could honestly get called either way. It, it, yeah, when you're talking about inches, man, it's just so close, you know. And then you had the whole push to pass thing. And, and then, you know, like, and, and then with like three to go, like Grosjean goes into the grass for a long time down the street away. <laughs> and, then, and he still passed like uh, Rosenquist. <laughs> which was like, it was like, it's like, where did you come from? Where did you come from? How did you do that in the grass? You got to watch it. It's, it's really like no wonder crazy. you almost passed in the grass. It's like no wonder you almost that got was, killed. That was and they still lived, <laughs> you know. So I'm telling you, uh, yeah, the Devlin guy, he no no was uh, he he's a little controversial because last year at Texas he took out uh, uh, Graham Cracker Ray Hall and. Uh, and uh, Helio Castroneves at Texas. That was that infamous <laughs> incident. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Graham Cracker was li- nice on him, but. No, he wasn't. He was like, he's just a rookie, blah, 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 blah. But uh, Will Power, no, he wants to go fight him at the end of the race. So I don't know if he actually did or not. But, no, he didn't. He was calm this time. Guaranteed. Yeah, he was, he was calm, but maybe after the cameras are turned. I, do. I, I honestly think that's that's Will Power's biggest downfall is he cannot keep his emotions in check. He's got a, he's got a pretty good sized temper. Yeah, he he would win a lot more races and championships if he just calmed down. Almost oh, somebody. sounds familiar. Yeah, doesn't it sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so New Garden won 
a million dollar bonus for winning a race on a road course, a street course, and an oval track in the se- same season. It's the first one to do that. Now, does half of that go year. to a charity of his choice? Well, yeah, like the half of it's going to Penske. Half of it is going to uh, it's going to go to a charity for Serious Fund Children's Network. Uh, charity for sick and disabled children, and then or pets uh, or animals or something. And then and, the, and then it part was. of it's going to Wags and Walks of National, which oh, is like is. dog yes. adoption or something. There so. it is. Okay, yeah, right. So that's a pretty interesting. Uh, so it's bonus. Like that's a million dollars, and that's that's pretty cool. It's that's, that was really neat. Man. It's a bonus for somebody who has the most widespread talent. Range, I guess. What did you call it? I don't know. Guy won on three different types of racetracks. Yeah, yeah. One street year. course or a road course and an oval track. All right. So we'll move on. It was, yeah, that was quite an interesting. It's a really race. cool idea, though. It is cool. That's why we had to give it a lot of props. Yeah. All right. So the NAS- Triple Crown could be anywhere. It know? is neat. <laughs> it's yeah, neat. it could be it's anywhere. It's all different types of, tra- whatever different types of tracks there is. So NASCAR announced the return of the Clash to the LA Coliseum for 2023, and I just don't care because whatever, dude. It was a good, you know, if you remember in the podcast, we liked it. It It was was fine. Whatever. Cool. Have it again. Great. No controversial opinion. It was was fine. (laughs) Really, really what it comes down to is they can find another place to put it. Yeah, but they they saw some success from it, so they said, you know what, we're going to play on it and do it again. Screw it. And I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. And I think we are. We already knew they had a, a multi-year contract with the Coliseum. Anyways, yeah, we already so kind of already had an idea this, yeah, this was, was coming. The worst kept yeah. secret in NASCAR right now. Watch it end up being at uh, at Wilkesboro when that place is re- refinished. I can't well, I hope wait. The All Star Race would return there. That would be nice to see the All Star. Yeah, the All Star Race there or Hickory or I, South. Boston. I think I think they Not should do both the Clash NASCAR. and the All Star <laughs> Race care. at Wilkesboro. <laughs> NASCAR would or NASCAR and SMI would never go for it, the two separate entities because they're like no, none of feeding capacity. Not because it's not their racetrack. Well, technically, yes, but I said SMI. Yeah. So um, Kyle Busch won the truck race at Sonoma again. We're gonna buzz through this thing. It's their first race back at the track. In not a much long happening. Time. Not much happened. Carson Hosevar got to get out of the truck early, and Daniel Suarez relief drove for him. Can, um, can he did a good just, job doing it too. Can we give Carson props for getting the pole, and then? Degrade him for then backing the freaking thing <laughs> to the tires. Yeah, the can same someone corner? tell him? Can someone please tell him that he has the pole and he can back off because that could have he been avoided. He had four tenths. Yeah, that's almost half a second, guys. Just crack the throttle, guy. Please. Is it? it, it are we? Don't gonna, do that. We're gonna have to give him the step on your <laughs> award <laughs> for. <laughs> I like how Jesse censors himself. That's great. God, there you go, Sid. God, I'm looking his out face for you. Is super punchable too. Ah, but you got to give the kid credit for toughing it out this time. So, oh god, yeah, I wouldn't be able to get in the truck and perform at that level. Hey, I he, would. He knows he has to. I yeah. The I would, legs a long way from get, the heart. I'd never. Get I am out. testosterone. I'm all that is man. Fair. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> fair. It was only his Good right, right leg. If that was his left leg, he would have never gotten in the truck this weekend. Yeah, because you can left foot brake and left foot clutch, so the right foot, you, yeah, yeah, it's still important. Right foot. Still what important. A, you just God use the leg. You just put suck. the thing in a ski boot and go, what a p e. <laughs> Moving on. There was a hard wreck towards the end with Josh Balicki and Stuart Friesen. Guys bottlenecked coming through the front stretch there in a turn one and Boy, they hit hard. Stewart was on fire a little bit. That was a pretty rough one. Stewart got frustrated and just wrecked his stuff. Yeah, pretty Man, much. That was but, ugly. Uh, set up a green-white St- checker finish where Bush held off Zane Smith for the win. 
Zane Smith again in the conversation. He's he, a good little road course he, driver. He's that's a uh, that's he's a good little everything. Driver. He actually did really well in 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 uh, what was it relief for uh, Chris Busher the other week. He did what was a top yeah, fifteen. If you're much, good right? on road courses yeah. and you know how many road course races they want to do in NASCAR, you know that's uh, quite a good high stock that makes your stock a lot higher. So we'll push this forward because we got to finish this thing towards uh, the Cup race and. At Sonoma, Daniel Suarez was finally able to put a full race together and uh, won his first Cup Series race at Sonoma. And uh, it's funny because the two Trackhouse cars both won their first career Cup race on a road course this year. Hey, where did Justin Marks win his first race? At a road course in the Xfinity Series. Yep. Uh, at Mid-Ohio, I think. Yeah, it was maybe. raining, I think, too, remember? Yes. Uh, it was a... It was Team Trackhouse's third win on the season, and Suarez not only destroyed a pinata in victory lane, which I thought was a nice touch because his teammate smashes watermelons, and it was not only a pinata, it was a taco pinata. I'm like, if you're going to do Dude. it, do it all the way. I love it. Someone, someone threw the taco pinata out in front of the car while he started doing his burnout, and I was like, no! You're going to ruin this. <laughs> But he became the uh, only fifth foreign-born driver to ever win at NASCAR's highest level. Now, that includes a list of people like Mario Andretti, Earl Ross, who is Canadian, Juan Pablo Montoya, Marcus Ambrose, and now Daniel Suarez. And they are all from different countries. How can you not like Daniel Suarez? It's hard to dislike the guy. He's great. His his enthusiasm for just racing and life in general is amazing. Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad he got out of that 20 car from Joe Gibbs instead of rotting on the vibe as a kind of a support he driver. A, he would have been a fourth driver in that team anyway, and he kind of was. And then he went to SHR, and they just did not work. And then he goes to Trackhouse. Or no, he went somewhere else to kind of mediate, and then he went to Trackhouse. Yeah. And uh, once he got to Trackhouse, it was instant success nah, like he's a he's, cool dude he's been man. putting runs together all season long people forget that he was the xfinity series champion and has won xfinity series races as well you, you want to know what a lot of people also forget what's that ty norris is the mastermind right now oh god yeah that man built a Trackhouse. lot of successful race teams he really that son of a bitch is smart the only real downfall he ever had was uh michael waltrip racing but that wasn't his fault let's be fair no that was not. But uh, he's rebounded heavily at Trackhouse because it's his, it's his leadership. It's his that has, yeah, it's his leadership that has built a lot of great teams. Like he built DEI, he built uh, yep. this team, he built someone else. I forget who the hell it was, but he's been in a couple teams in this leadership position, and they've all been successful. Like even MWR won races. Let's. Be you know honest. what I think the biggest thing about that is having somebody that knows how to do their job the correct way and letting them do it. Go do your job. Right. I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. You know how to do your job. That's why I hired you. Right. And I think it's <laughs> great to see. I'm, I've become a huge fan of Trackhouse. I knew as soon as Justin Marks got involved because of his ventures previously with, I mean, go to, GoPro Motorplex. He, I believe he owns or is part owner with that with his father or something. Marks, That's huge. Yeah, Marks owns that, yeah. Yeah, like there's, there's tons of stuff that he's been involved in. Everything he does is successful. So he wasn't going to do this half-ass. He hired the right people, and it's showing. Yeah. And it's just, I see a lot of people like Jeff Gluck. He 
he went on Twitter and said, and he shamed himself. He said, just a reminder that uh, Team Trackhouse, as I've said before, is going to be the most disappointing team this year. He's poking, yeah, he poking fun at himself. That's we didn't <laughs> age well at all. No, he he did it right after he won, and uh, he's like, yeah, just a reminder that I'm an idiot. So no, I th- I think this team as a whole is a legitimate championship threat this year. Oh, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now they're gonna have both cars in the playoffs more than likely. Well, I think now that that Daniel got the monkey off his back, he's gonna win. I'd say three more this well, year. Well, the first one, as your cliche knows, is uh, always the tough one. Always the toughest. Yeah, once you get yep. that first win done, though, it's easy. It comes way easier. I say he wins three more and probably finishes inside the top four championship floor. I think that I think that's a little optimistic, but it's not impossible either. So, because they have As, they have put up decent runs, and if they can put something together towards the end of the year, the beginning of the year won't matter if you win. So. Right. Well, now now they know how to win. Now they know how to put it together, and everybody else is still making all kinds of crazy mistakes too. Like this season has been the most unpredictable season I can ever remember in racing. Yeah, I mean, speaking of mistakes, Chase Elliott had a pit road penalty for pitting outside the box, which was easily fixable. And but well, that did you see what happened with that? Yeah, I think that they dropped the jack a little early, brought him back, and they had to put the lug nut back on or something, and. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't back up all the way, and the the, the yeah, they tire didn't. guy was trying to tell him back up, back up, back up. But the jack man started jacking it up, and he's like, "Oh well, too late now." Nope, too late now. Yep. And uh, but even worse was the fate suffered by Kyle Larson because he left pit road and he didn't get that wheel tightened again. Went up yeah. through the first couple turns and was a tripod. Pretty I much where immediately. Cl- Cliff Daniels is going on vacation. Probably somewhere nice. Don't do that. Maybe the Bahamas? Yeah. <laughs> no, you should have saved that that drop for uh, Carson Hosevar back in the truck in after qualifying. Don't do that. Oh, there it is. There you go. Don't do that either. All right, there was some kind of F1 race. I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> Who cares? <dude>? The cars <laughs> went bip, 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 down the track. The cars porpoised a lot. All right, I don't even... car is like Formula One, but with passing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's like actual motorsport. It's amazing. Yeah. So watch IndyCar. Don't watch F1. I still and like half the cost. <laughs> half. Yeah. Probably a quarter. Or, or a quarter. <laughs> anyway. So that's going to end this show for this week because we are. Thank God. God right almighty, we can't stop. We just can't. It's too we just love to getting talk longer. To people. We keep talking too much. Anyway, you can we find you, you can find this way way too long of a show on so all major good. podcast platforms. You can find it on Instagram. At Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast, YouTube.com slash Sids View, or you can send us an email if you want to send us some feedback to Making Labs Podcast at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail to anchor.fm slash Making Labs if you want to hear your voice heard on the show. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and TikTok at Brent Gleason01. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Brent Gleason. And you can find Phil at at PGX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find Jesse. You can't find Jesse. All right, moving on. So, again, keep your eyes peeled for the new Sids View episodes out on the YouTube channel that we are currently on, if you're watching us there. And, uh, boy, Guys. stop making faces. <clears throat> How do we end the show? He is growing teeth back in, finally, by yeah, the way. I was just so. about to say, he's got some teeth again. Coming back. They're, coming, they're making an appearance. All right, so, boy, how do we end the show? 
keep the nurse and now stay out fence. Thank you for listening. Doesn't sound much better, but yes, they are coming along. Trust me, they're going to be there. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. I'm having bad hours. Yeah, me too. (laughs) 